0: And we're back, Stripe Show Podcast, on a Thursday. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. Uh, If you didn't listen to the podcast yesterday with Grayson Murray and Froggy, well, you probably need to go back and listen to that one. Whoa! Some uh, altercation there. Uh, Down in Mexico is uh, Grayson Murray and Kevin Nah. Came face to face for the first time since their Twitter beef just a, a few months ago. And um, well, there were uh there were some words said, some fireworks. I'm not gonna ruin it for you. Go back, listen. Yesterday, Stripe Show podcast Froggy with Grayson Murray live from Mexico. That's where they are this week, the PGA tour. Uh the field, well, um, yeah, it's uh it's not great uh this week, but they're playing. John Rom's there. Abraham answer is there. Carlos Ortiz is there and others. Hopefully you, you uh, listen to the show on Tuesday with uh, Skylar Hook, one of my favorite guests on Tuesday, as we gave you, gave you guys our uh, picks, uh, some of the uh, guys that we're looking at. I'm sensing a long shot this week. I'm sensing a hundred to one this week. How about Wyndham Clark? How about Wyndham steps up and clips one of these off and gets the win talented player. You've heard me talk about him on the podcast. He's one of those guys that you kind of stop and watch on the range. You know, it's a different level strike. This is a big ballpark down there uh, in Mexico. Fairways are wide and um, you know, you can make some putts. I, I anticipate well into the teens, probably low twenties under par. And, uh, you know, Wyndham can hit it off the tee. He's long off the tee. He's a good putter. So, let's get one. All right. Step up. Let's maximize our talent and let's get a win this week. 100 to 1, straight to the bank. Wyndham Clark, that's who I'm going with this week. Now, big announcement here before we bring in our guest, uh, Parker McLaughlin, who... Um, on Instagram, at Short Game Shift, you're going to want to check him out. He uh, He's a former tour player, former winner on the PGA Tour, and really best known for his incredible short game. Now, he's not playing as much these days, and he's transitioned nicely into a teaching career and doing a great job. Really enjoy his stuff. Go give him a follow at Instagram. He'll be joining us here in a second. As, uh, I've got a lot of topics here today. With the short game, can't forget about the short game. I have it. In fact, today, this afternoon, later on, my new trading program is launched 150 yards and in. Really excited about this one. 150 yards on in, go check it out. travisfultongolf.com It's part of the instruction bundle for those that purchased it. It's also part of the green membership for those that purchased it, or you can just go get it individually. It's only going to be 12.99. Yeah, we're going to start at discounted rate, $12.99. Go check it out. 150 yards on in. Why not save some strokes this spring and summer with your golf game? And that'll be a good start to do that. All right, so without further ado, so many questions here today. Around the short game, we're going to do some bunker play. We're going to do that medium trajectory shot, one hop and stop. Flight lines technology, he's been a part of that. It's really interesting stuff. And uh, I want to ask him also about the hinge and hold and what that means to him and how Phil Mickelson hits it, how other guys hit it. He worked with a lot of players, um, including Keith Mitchell, Kyle Stanley. I know he's helped Joel Damon and others. So let's get after it. Short game chef, Parker McLaughlin. And let's uh, bring him in now. It's early Thursday morning out in the desert because that's where he is, Arizona. I'm on the East Coast, and he gets up to give us some goods on the short game. Parker McLaughlin, how you doing?
1: Great, bud. Great to be with you.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. I know you got a full day, McCormick Ranch there in Arizona. And uh guy by the name of Scott Sackett works back there. He was the guy that gave me my first teaching job which was in scottsdale arizona in 1999 2000 a place called cracker jacks
1: yes i love that it <laughs> was like the, that was like the top golf before top golf right yeah
0: i can remember i can remember it's when one of the first ranges came out where they gave you a little card and you put the card in And when you put the card in, then the ball just comes up on the tee and then you hit it. And then the tee goes down, grabs another ball, brings it up and you hit it. And that was like really big technology. And it just absolutely blew people's minds. Like they just like, wait, where are the golf balls at? And they're like, they're in the, they're in the ground. And then this tee, the ball comes up. And then when you hit that, then it goes down and gets another one. And it just like this guy had to explain it to every single customer when they, when they came in and he would get so annoyed. Oh man, that was uh that was good times. Yeah, Saturday Super Clinics, 99 bucks. It was uh 2 hours plus a free hot dog and if you were, you know, if you listened then you get a you went around the go-kart, you know, a couple times too.
1: Yeah, that that, that was the
0: bonus, the go-kart, right? <laughs> oh man, time flies. So Yeah. Tell Scott hello. And, um, we appreciate you coming on. There's a lot to, I want to get to here. Um, you need to follow Parker, as I mentioned in the intro at short game chef. He was a a very good, very good PGA tour player with an exceptional short game. And, you know, now he's, you know, he's transitioned now into the teaching world. How's that? How's that going for you? Uh, yeah. I
1: mean, I I would say, you know, I still get into a handful of events. Like, you know, I made a cut last year on tour. And so I, I still get into a handful of events, but um, God, I've just been playing so badly that it, it's like uh, I've been hitting the ball just terribly. And, and uh, so I, I'm not quite having as much fun. I'm not shooting 68 every day of the week. And, and you kind of got to do that on tour. So, um, so yeah, just sort of as a whim, I started this like three years ago. Uh, a, a former caddy of mine was like, Dude, your short game is so good you need to like start giving some people tips on instagram there's a handful of cool teachers that are on instagram giving away tips and i was like i'm not even on instagram but i'll, I'll give it a go so I, I filmed a few two days later uh kevin streelman calls me and says hey i see you're giving some tips um or you're, you're doing some some short game teaching can, can you take a look for a couple hours and that that's kind of how it really got started uh i worked with worked with streels for the next seven months and uh and you know he played amazing right he went from 93rd in the world uh to 45th in the world and um not to say that it was it was because of what we were doing but i I like to think that uh what we were doing was was definitely helping um but that was my first that was my first paid lesson was to the guy ranked 93rd in the world so i had to i had to figure it out pretty quick um And then it's just sort of, it's just sort of snowballed from there. Um, You know, like Anna Nordquist was probably my next client after that. And, um, and that, and that was three years ago. And then it's, it's just sort of word of mouth. I've never really once put on Instagram, Hey, I'm, I'm open for business. Come see me at McCormick ranch. Like I've never, never once done that. And it's just like this week I'm booked. 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, every day this week, and I, and I've never once said anything to anybody about like, hey, I'm, come see me. Like I've never advertised it, so mm-hmm. it's been it's been it's been a cool like organic growth. Um, and I think that you know it, it that says it all, right? It, the, the fact that people are telling other people, and, and I'm helping people uh, get better. Um, I'm proud of the fact that I've helped probably I think 14 people out of the chipping yips. Mm. Um, so. To me, like it's just like I, I feel like I've I feel like I've found a few things that are unique in the in the way that I see the short game, in the way that I'm able to communicate to people and, and help see their problems and help put the puzzle pieces together for them to help them get better.
0: Well, let, let's start with the chipping hips for a second, um, because
1: yeah, let's dive in.
0: Yeah, that's not you know I know this is a deep topic and we could probably talk for an hour and a half on this just alone, but if we had to peel back kind of cliff notes and you think about these 14 people, there's some people listening right now that they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm that guy, you know, where it's, it's yippish at the bottom with the wedge or the putter. What give us some things there that that you're looking at when someone is starting to yip it with, with the wedge.
1: Yeah. So I think, I think part of it is mental, obviously, Part of it is, is technical. I think that the technical comes first. Like there's some technique error that comes before you start yipping it and then it becomes mental. So I think if you can, if you can address the technical, then you can, you can start to get, you can heal the mental as well. So uh, usually let's just, let's just take the the chipping yips. Um, we're seeing golf courses these days, like a lot more shaved off runoff areas. the the, the agronomy is much better these days everything's tighter so you're finding yourselves not chipping from the rough but chipping from these tight fairway lies and so people are forced to 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 have to hit these shots especially from a little low area go up off these tight lies that let's say sometimes in the fall or even early in the spring might be a little bit wetter than normal and you if you're not perfect with it um, or understanding how to use the bounce, all of a sudden you get you get that diggy one and then you start freaking out as the day goes along. So to me, it starts with players creating too much ball speed. Um and we always talk about ball speed with, with the driver and Bryson and all this stuff, but like I'm talking literally just creating too much ball speed at setup or backswing with with a wedge um and so what would what would be some of those factors um if you get if you get that shaft leaning forward uh you've got a 60 degree that you've just turned into let's say if the shafts leaning six or eight degrees forward you've just turned it into a 54 degree um not to mention you've engaged the leading edge a bit more as well uh i'd say if you if you started leaning on your forward foot your lead foot you're you're basically in essence uh, your attack angle is going more down, your, which is basically making the ball come out hotter. Um, I would say on the backswing, if you start hinging it, if you if you shut the face, you know a lot a lot of these high ball speed players today, you know they they get that that lead wrist and they they start working the knuckles down towards the ground on the way back, so they're starting to shut the face. Those types of players are starting to create a ton of ball speed. And so my job is to try to help them soften that ball speed for inside of 50 yards. But somebody like somebody like that who who tries to strengthen the face on the way back, they're creating more ball speed. So they're gonna do once they've created too much ball speed at either setup or backswing, then all of a sudden they're everything in their in their intuitiveness is trying to slow down. Uh-huh. the whole rest of the shot. And if you're trying to slow down on a on a 12-yard pitch shot, it's really difficult. You got to have unbelievable hands. And so to me and and there's players on tour that get away with it. But I'd say for the 99.9% of the 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 golfers in the world, slowing down through for a 12-yard shot is is the worst thing you can do. I'd uh-huh. rather you be I'd rather you be accelerating through and I'd rather you like have some speed through the shot, but you can only do that with a proper setup and a proper backswing.
0: So let's talk about that a little bit further and kind of parallel that to the full swing, because in the full swing, I think we're in an era of a flex lead wrist, right? Like that's yep. that is talked about a lot. It's we know that at some point you better get some flexion in the lead wrist and the full swing by the time you arrive to impact. I mean, that's, that's a good idea in, in leaning the shaft forward. But I think in general, when you look at the majority of instruction, you're seeing the club goes back. Like you said, the knuckles of the lead hand are a little more down the face matches the spine. Then as you go to the top, there's some, there's some flexion in the lead wrist at the top and then the, it may intensify more coming down. And so you know, extension in the lead wrist, which for those listening could be more like a cup in the lead wrist. And then flexion in the lead wrist is more like a bow. And when you start looking at the lead wrist condition in the full swing and you start now comparing it to what you're talking about, let's say in this green side medium pitch, is it fair to say that you're having the conversation with these players that, hey, in these types of shots, the lead wrist, it's okay to take on more extension
1: uh, that that's like a last resort for me. I, I I don't I don't like to mess with players' risk conditions a ton, but it plays a factor in in how I'm assessing them. So if a guy is super you know faces super shut, we have to do other things. Like I'll try to do other things with that player. Like uh, I'll take Keith Mitchell for an example. Like he his club face is much more shut. Uh, for a, a 20 30 yard pitch shot than like a Jason Duffner who who likes to sort of feel that right elbow uh the the right shoulder going sort of internally rotated right or uh, like, yeah internally rotated that, that and so he's opening that club face a lot more uh on the way back and so like Keith Keith would have a, a much more shut face right so We've got to do things, and, and without me necessarily saying, "Hey, Keith, we got to work on your your wrist angles," I'm finding other ways mm-hmm. uh, of of getting him of getting him less ball speed, but right. still making it less ball speed in his backswing, so that I can give him basically as much freedom and ball speed as he wants on the way through. So, with Keith in in specific, we've we've basically taken away a lot of his um, sort of narrowness in the backswing and and giving him, and giving him more width in the
0: backswing. Yeah. It's interesting, right? Like in the, in the driver, maximize ball speed, the closer you get and around the green, you're, you're, you're trying to slow the ball speed down. And when you slow it down, it tends to give the players, let's say more control, right. Where they can, they feel like they can accelerate and control the ball better, um, with that, Slower ball speed. Let, let me throw this.
1: Yeah. Let, let me let me just get in yeah. there real quick because I think it's it's a slower ball speed, and yet you still want to be able to spin it, right? And right. so spin it, spin and speed kind of go hand in hand. And so it's like I need to slow the ball speed down, but I got to do it in the most efficient manner where I can still give it speed through the shot. And if I can still give it speed through the shot, I can still produce some spin. If I'm, if I'm slowing down through the shot, that's where I find most players are hitting those knuckleballs. Uh, it comes out like higher than normal and it comes out with no spin. Usually in my, in my view, that's, that's when a player is slowing down through the shot and they're not providing the right amount of speed at the right time when they're delivering the club.
0: Let's talk about speed for a second, who, you know, just won. A couple weeks ago and i'm going to use him as an example because there's a handful of guys that i really like watch hitting this shot that we're talking about and this shot being in the collection areas you know down in these tighter lies they've got to get medium trajectory and then to your point they've got to have some spin on it it's not a lob shot and it's not a bump and run it's it's the shot that you see the most. And Parker, for me, when I go out there and I'm watching, it's the shot I see them probably practicing the most, you know, that medium type of trajectory shot. And, and to your point, there's, there's not a lot of leading edge involved. Like I can, I can remember watching some players that would hit literally 30 balls from the same spot. And I don't think you would even, I don't even think the grass was hurt. <laughs> you know, like yeah. Like they're just picking it right off the the grass i mean maybe every once in a while you'll see a little bruise of the grass but it wasn't a dig to your point and when i go to speeth I, I and others i think about this little little tight finish it's almost like a it's almost like a tight acceleration you know it's not a long lazy swing it's it's one where there's a tighter acceleration at the bottom to this little shorter finish and to me it looks like the, the follow through is a little shorter than the backswing um but they're using the bounce do you like that
1: i love yeah i mean to me like that's probably what what most of my clients come to me to to learn to hit that shot Mm -hmm. that 30 yard no divot beautiful flighted flighted but floaty and spinny pitch shot i'd say that's that's what most of my clients come to see me for um It's it's sort of it's a very sexy shot, but it it can be broken down to become very simple. You start engaging the bounce, get your path, get your path, and your backswing in the proper spot, and you can start hitting those those shots all day long. And you can you can start hitting them off a putting green, right? Like that's how that's how clean it it can Mm -hmm. become. And I think that that the tour players, for the most part, they've got that shot pretty well down. But you 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 will see some tour players that we'll get a little bit steeper and and we'll take some, take some divots, some small divots from that area, but they're so gifted with their hands that they can make up for it. Right. They can sort of figure it out as they go. Uh, the most efficient way to do it is, is engaging the bounce, uh, finding a way to get that shaft in a more neutral spot to start having that bounce be engaged. And for me, like basically it's, it's one of those things where I see on, on a day-to-day basis, just so much shuffling from the recreational golfer uh, for that 20, let's say, say 10 to 30 yard pitch shot. So much excess shaffling at address uh, that it, it really puts them in a tough spot. Like, how are you going to, how are you going to find a way to get that shaft back to neutral Um, when you're leaning at 10 degrees at address, you got to throw it, which is, which is never a good thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, and so that was sort of like one of the, one of the thoughts, like as to, you know, the, the flight lines technology that I came up with was, um, was basically like, how can I get my amateur recreational player to get in a setup condition that looks like a tour player? right? Most tour players are, are minimal shaft lean for a, like a pitch shot. And, and most amateurs are, let's say six to 12 degrees of shaft lean for a 10 to 30 yard pitch shot. And so I just wanted to give them a way to say, Hey, where, where can I be it set up to match where a tour player is?
0: Yeah. So we'll talk about that creation flight lines technology, because that has everything to, to do with shaft lean in giving The amateur that visual feedback right
1: yeah so it has to do with with shaft lean and with club face positioning so there's there's three vertical lines on on the hosel and they 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 basically match up to your sternum or your nose your sight line and so you you know for a bump and run you would lean the shaft five degrees forward you've got a line that would tell you exactly where five degrees is and it would it would basically run up to your nose. And then you would go for a pitch shot. There's another line there, one degree of shaft lean forward and, and you're set to go for your pitch shot. And then as you screw the face open, shaft is in a neutral spot. There's another line there for your, your high one, your flop shot or your bunker shot. Um, and these lines are all, they're all measured out uh, you know, by Titleist and, and the people at Bokey, they're measured out to an average of 30. Of the best players in the world. We took photographs of these players at setup. Uh, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler, Ian Poulter, took pictures of all these guys at setup with 60 degree, 56, 52 uh, for the three different different shot flights, and and, that, and we and we took an average, and so you at least know where tour players are at set up for those, those three shots. So like a low flight, mid flight, high flight type of a shot.
0: So in a bunker shot, let's, let's transition. Cause you mentioned in a bunker and what I'm seeing now, it, it appears to me, Parker, I'm seeing um, players more square. Uh, I think I saw on, on your Instagram a while back, uh, I think it was Harry Higgs. He was closed. His feet were, you know, way to the right. I've seen other players do that. Um, but you know, we go back to when I started in the business back in 99 and I think it was pretty understood. Look, open the face and then open your stance and swing across your stance line. It's a little different message these days. Where, where do you like it with the green side bunker stock setup? Yeah,
1: it's, it's, it's definitely evolved. Hasn't it? It's amazing. Cause it, yeah, when I grew up learning how to play, it was like, yeah, open up get super open swing swing along your feet line and the ball will sort of glance back towards the target and it was a very uh-huh. it was a very inefficient science of of okay are you spinning it or is it just sort of like chunk and running out uh and if you are spinning it is it like super left to right spin because then it's really hard to judge and try to make a bunker shot so now um i had a i had a client yesterday guy's a seven handicap and he says i I kept getting him to close his stance and put his (laughs) and put his ball a little bit more in the middle and he's like he hit these shots and he was like he looked at me and he's like so you're you just closed my stance you put the ball further back in my stance and all of a sudden i'm hitting it higher how in the world am i able to do that and i was like well it's just it's it's how people respond and so I, it's always cause and effect. And so for me, the the further you aim left and the further, number one, the further you aim left, your ball position sneaks forward. Your effective ball position goes forward. And as your ball position goes forward, your, your entry point is going to be further behind the ball. So what are you going to do instinctively as a player? You're going to move laterally. You're going to drag the handle and you're going to hit kind of a nasty chunk and run that Is not going to have much height to it because you don't have a proper release. And so as you start squaring up and the ball position gets better, now you're more encouraged to release this thing. Uh, And there's a couple other things that would go into why you can actually swing down the path um, versus swinging way left. To me, um, I'm always encouraging players like a full release. Like I think Luke Donald is Mm -hmm. probably. Like probably my model as to how you would release it out of the bunker. And um, you know, at on his follow-through, uh, I've got a couple of great still pictures of him at his follow-through, and his right arm's it parallel to the ground, and that shaft is just standing straight up and down. And 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 he's not trying to put it there, but he's achieving that by literally trying to throw it from the top of his swing. And there's no pull, there's no drag on the way down at all, and so it's it's such a unique release. That there's nothing like it really in golf. Maybe a maybe a flop shot, but you don't need as much speed for a flop shot. But there's nothing really else like it in golf, and so it, it's difficult, I think, for the recreational player to understand. Hey, I'm trying to pull, pull, pull to create speed for with a seven iron or a driver. I'm trying to, you know, really use the ground and create speed and, and and get this club head behind me. And then now all of a sudden you're forced in this bunker to then throw this club head and, and, make, a, and make a swing uh, where you're slapping the same two inches behind it, an inch and a half behind it. So it's such a unique thing that it, it, I think sometimes it's difficult for the recreational player to have to shift mindset from, okay, create a bunch of ball speed, have the... Clubhead way behind me, so then all of a sudden, like, oh my gosh, I gotta feel like I gotta almost, yeah, you know, cup it, cup it on the way back, and then like, I gotta throw that cup that I've that I've created. <laughs> and so, it's it, it's one of those things where it's like, man, I, uh, I I gotta give them the right sort of recipe or formula to be able to 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 achieve that and figure that out in the bunker.
0: PXG has done it again with the launch of a new lineup of drivers, fairways, hybrids and irons the new gen 5 golf clubs deliver significantly increased moi faster ball speeds longer distances and tighter dispersions all coupled with the exceptional feel and sound golfers have come to expect from pxg schedule your custom fitting or buy online at pxg.com what do you tell people in the backswing in a greenside bunker because like got a dress, you know, like they're, you know, the feet are pretty wide. You kind of get dug in and the shafts sitting a little lower, like the handle is down. And, and, and I, in the audience here, you, you, you post a lot of bunker shots, which I think is cool. Um, so you need to go look at these, these green side bunker shots at short game chef is where it's at on Instagram. And, but what do you tell them on the backswing? Because like the backswing in the bunker, like you see sufficient arm swing And the club's traveling up to, let's just call it three quarters, but it's not a wind up. It's not like you're turning and winding up into the trail trail side. So how do you, how do you teach that? Are you telling them, look, let's try to kind of be stable and be a little more independent with the arms and hands going back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's, I think it's, I think you're spot on. I, I like to tell my clients that like, I'm feeling like my legs, once I've got them set, I feel like they're in concrete. Like there is minimal, minimal movement. Now there, I will move, but, uh, I think excess movement with the legs is only going to cause, you know, bad motion. It's only going to cause a bunch of, if I start losing my sort of, uh, flex with my right knee, if it starts working towards my left knee on the way down, I'm going to come in with a bunch of, with a bunch of shuffling, and it's not going to be good. Um, so i would i would say like i like to feel like stability in the bunker i like to feel my legs really in concrete and i'll and i'll do a demonstration for people where i'll stand in the bunker and i'll literally be dead still with my legs and almost dead still with my with my upper body and i'll just make an arms and hands swing and i'll and i'll hit it i'll hit great bunker shots mm-hmm. out of there with just my arms and hands like i think where the pitch shot is more of a the pitch shots, more of a body release. I feel like the bunker shots, more of an arms and hands release. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's what I want driving this shot. I don't, I don't want, I don't want people to feel like, Oh, I need to really rotate my body to, to hit this bunker shot, or I need to really drive my legs to hit this bunker shot. I think if you're doing that, you're probably like, it's making up for something that you're lacking to me. It's an arms and it's an arms and a hand swing. And so, yeah, I, I'm building a lot more hand action, arm action with my players uh, than anything else.
0: Yeah. It's such a, a unique shot. And like, I've always thought, it, you know, in a greenside bunker shot, again, you go back to when we first get it starting in this and it's was like, ah, it's the, it's the easiest shot. You don't have to hit the ball first and this and that. And the more I taught, I'm like, well, if it was that easy, then, you know, every amateur rolling in for lessons, wouldn't struggle with it, you know, most, most struggle out of the greenside bunker. And if it was easy, then they would be getting out of the green. So like it's, there's technique involved in a greenside bunker that goes a long ways, perhaps more than maybe any other shot. I mean, I know, I know techniques important with a lot of short game shots, but man, you start getting in there and you don't know what you're doing. I mean, it's, it's damn near impossible to hit a clean quality shot. And then you let's, let's take it to the finish here with this greenside bunker kind of arms and hands working here. And when I look at your videos, you can see as the club now swings through, you can see like, they're, like the torso is turning some, but the club head's definitely passing. What do you like to sense on the finish for a stock shot? Is it, you know, is it kind of like that little lower left exit or, you know, what, what are some things you find yourself working really well and, and teaching people how to really, you know, accelerate and propel it out to the finish.
1: Um yeah, I would I would say I don't necessarily like tell people where to get on the follow through. I, I like to I like to build it on the backswing. I like to um, I like to get in there and, and like show them what the actual release is gonna feel like with their hands and like how early it's gonna be. Mm. And I feel like if, if I can get them to feel that release on the earlier side. The, the, the club's gonna the club's gonna do what it's gonna do and and so I, I'm I'm never I'm never too worried about like if the club is exiting you know one way or the other too far low too far you know high uh, I, I'm never really I'm never really too concerned with that um, because I, I I like I just like to think it's gonna be if I can give them the proper release and the and the proper feels on that it's going to, it's going to figure itself out. Mm-hmm. Cause I think it just, it just, tra- it just travels. Like it's just centrifugal force and it just, it just goes. And so I, I'm never too concerned with like what the exit looks like um, out of the bunker there. I, I have some players that, that maybe exit a little low and I have some players that maybe exit a little high, but there's a, there's a variance there that I, I, I'm not super like locked in on. Like it has to look this way. I'm, I'm super locked in on, you better not ever let that toe pass the, past the heel um, mm. if you're if you're turning that face over at all you're you're absolutely toast right yeah. like you're gonna hit you're gonna get a lower one so I'm absolutely locked in on that uh, but that's that's part of how I'm getting them to feel the release um, but yeah I mean like I had in the last two days I've had like six people come in and and not you know I think one of them is a mini tour player but all the rest are amateurs and these guys you know the the green at mccormick ranch there was cut like three paces on and and you see some of my videos that i posted yesterday i was like these guys are like hitting these unbelievable like short-sighted shots with like great sound and great height and softness and these guys are you know they're they're ranging between two handicaps and probably like 12 handicaps and it's like they're hitting these insane shots and it's like it to me, it's like, okay, we're, we're doing something right. Like I'm giving them the ability yeah. to get that high soft one from a short sighted where, where I think like, because I think because of like, like to go back to what you said about like, when you started in 99, this is what it was being taught. And it's just been proliferated for the last like 20 years of like, I hate to say bad instruction, but just maybe what that was, what was only known um, and then it's just, it just becomes the easy default for people to just say, oh yeah, you, you're aim to aim more left and, uh, and get the ball position further forward if you want to hit it higher. And it just becomes an easy, an easy out for, for teachers to do that. And then it just, it gets written in magazines and people read it. And all of a sudden they're like, well, I thought you like come in to see me. They're like, well, I thought I was supposed to aim way left to get the ball position forward and get my weight forward. And I'm like, oh my God, mm-hmm. like, this is like, stop with the stop reading the golf digest from 10 years ago or even last week, right? Like just, it's not like, look at, look at what's being done on the PGA tour for the most part. There are, there are still a handful of guys that will aim left, but you can see that they're, you can see that their ball flights aren't as optimal. As, and, and they don't get the ball to stop quite as, quite as good as the players who are, who are aimed a little more square and releasing it more properly. So um, I, I like to like around the greens inside of 50 yards, all my stuff is basically like, look. Let's look at what the, let's look at what the PGA Tour players are doing, and that's and that's where we're that's where we're starting, uh, because these are the guys that do it the best. Now, I think in my in my view, I can't get you to hit it 350 like Bryson, right? But I can promise you, I can get you to hit a pitch shot that spins like a Jordan speed or hit a bunker shot like Justin Thomas or hit a flop shot like Justin Thomas. Like I can get you to do that. I can't get, I can't get you one eighty five ball speed, but I can promise you, I can get your, I can get your speed in the right spot so that you can spin it around the greens. I, I, that's, that's for me. Like, that's where I'm like, I think that we can be as close as humanly possible in putting and short game to the tour players. And so that's where I base my, teaching off of is like, let's look at what the tour players are doing and let's, and let's see what is, what are commonalities that we can copy in their setup and in their, in in their motion.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. It's really good. stuff. let me, let me finish with this. I want to ask you this about the tour real quick. Do you think short games getting a little too devalued right now in the short game and the way that the game has gone with, you know, distance off the tee, you know, there is the bomb and gouge courses. I think this week, in Mexico, it's going to be more bomb and gouge, and you know, and 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 there's certainly a variety of courses that it's not like that. I get that, but just in general, is the short game and the skill and everything we're talking about right there becoming a little too valued with where the game's going?
1: Yeah, and I think you know, I mean, I think my whole mission is to try to bring the sexy back to the short game. Uh, like I think I, I I feel like I feel like yeah, maybe it for probably the last I'd say six eight six eight years it's definitely gone trended in the direction of like you you better create ball speed you Mm -hmm. better start bombing it you better get that ball speed to 175 to 180 and so I think yeah it's definitely trended that way um I mean I I I remember coming out my rookie year with Dustin Johnson and we played quite a bit together when we were rookies and it was like oh my god there's not a human on the planet that's like that's like him and then now you look you look like that was in like oh seven right and now you look in like and you look at it now and you're like well there's like 20 dustin johnsons now at least um you know And you, you're like what in the world just happened and so yeah i think that there's there's better athletes there's better understanding of the golf swing there's better understanding of force and how to use it how to use the ground but i also think that as, as that becomes more and more popular, you know, guys are, they they neglect the short game a bit more. They neglect putting. I think that there's, I still think there's massive leaps to be had in, in putting and we didn't even touch on putting, but there's massive leaps to be had in putting because I think you look at a guy like tiger and, and some of the, some of the stuff that he did, it was, it was so much more metaphysical than anything else. And, and I think like, he he was so good at routine, he was so good at, at at putting the ball where he wanted it before he even struck the putt. Mm-hmm. And so he he was so metaphysical, he was so visual, so creative, and then had so much intention behind that that I think there's still leaps and bounds to be gained in that in that area. And that's that's a lot of what I do when, when people come to me for putting is especially like the the Canadian tour players, Latin America players that I mean, I probably see 10 to 15 of those guys that come to me for putting. And, and, and what we do is we go through routine and we go through, uh, you know, getting them in a spot where they can be in flow, where they're more connected with the whole, they're more connected with their line. And so I think there's leaps and bounds to be grown in, in that area of putting because I think there's nobody that's ever putted it like tiger. And, and I still think that the guys, even today on the PGA tour, even the guys that are winning that week are still not putting it at a, at a clip of what tiger was putting when he was winning.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, let's, uh, let's come back and talk about putting on a, on another episode this summer.
1: You got it, man. Yeah, that Love would it.
0: be uh that would be sweet. And, um, you know, I've got, gosh, I could ask you probably seven more questions here just on (laughs) the short game alone. It's, it's fascinating. Um, you know, the game and when you start teaching the game to people, we know full swing is so popular and speed. And, you know, like you, you teach someone how to hit their driver better. And like, that has a lasting effect to the game, right? Like, cause they, they all of a sudden are like, damn, I never hit my driver like that before. It's longer, it's more accurate, and you could just see him get excited. But in my experience, when you then get him out there and you show them how to hit that greenside pitch, and all of a sudden now it's like, oh, wow, okay, medium trajectory with some spin. Like, it's the same kind of excitement, (laughs) you know?
1: For sure, absolutely. (laughs) And and I get, you know, like some of my clients, especially the ones that like really have have struggles chipping, on the amateur side like it it, it, it really like it gives me goosebumps when 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 once i explain it to them and once they do it and they hit the right shot and they look at me and i'm like that's the one and, and mm-hmm. i get i get goosebumps doing it and it's it's fun and like a couple guys yesterday that i had they, they had flown into town from reno and and we had spent a few hours together and they said you know we we, we hit the bunker shot right and the bunker shot for me it's like they it, it's like the you know, I've got this moniker of the, of the short game chef. Right. And so like the, the bunker, it, it sort of becomes the, the, the creme brulee, right. It's like, it's the one you finish with. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so, so we get in the bunker and, and we hit these shots and these guys are like, just mind blown. And I was like, all right, you know, we finished up in the bunker. I was like, all right, we got another, like, you know, 30 minutes or an hour. I think they had me for like four hours yesterday. I was like, yeah, we got another 30 minutes or hour. What do you guys want to do? And they're like, do we want to hop back in the bunker? Like that was so much fun. Wow. We want to hop back in and, and slap the sand some more. I was like, I love that. And so yeah, guys still get that same feeling where it's like the same, the same thing I'm sure that, that you get when, when you're on the, on the tee and, and teaching these people, it's like, man, it's fun to ha- help somebody teach, hit them, have a nice high draw with the driver right off the center of the face. But it's also like, it's pretty sweet to have them, hit a bunker shot that they've never ever experienced in their life before. Yep. And to have them feel that sand and like use the back edge and slap that sand and have the ball come out with spin and height, whew, man, that's, that's pretty fun.
0: Yep. Good stuff, man. You're uh well, I think you made a good decision um on uh getting into the, the teaching business. You're going to, you're going to do just fine. I appreciate your time and we'll do it again on in this summer. We'll, we'll come back. We'll talk about putting the next time you're out here. In Saint Augustine, Ponte Vedra area, let me know because you know I'm right. Obviously, I'm I'm right here, and we'll uh, love to have you to I my new studio into, here, yeah, and we'll we'll do some stuff yeah, here I too.
1: In, I didn't get into that studio. It Looks awesome.
0: Yeah, well, it's coming. We're you know we're about halfway there, so it's um we got some cool stuff uh, happening here. So I'll, I'll get you in here. Um, I know you got to get to the lesson, T. I can't thank you enough. Check them out at Short Game Chef on Instagram, Parker. McLaughlin, have a, a good rest of the week and uh, a good weekend, man. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, you got it. Thanks for having me on, Travis. Be good, bud.